0: Hello and welcome to Into the Script, a podcast made by enthusiastic screenwriters for those who like to delve into the mechanics of storytelling. I am Livy Maynard. And I am
1: Alexander Litvinov.
0: Yeah, I have Alexander Lit- Litvinov with me here today. That's my name. And I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite films of last year. The, the favorite. It's my actually my second favorite film, not my very first. Which but one's the first? I liked Roma.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I liked Roma very much. I It was for personal reasons. I identified with Roma very much because of cultural reasons, but um, the favorites definitely up there. Among my favorite ones. I'm very excited to talk about the script of this, uh, of this movie. This is episode number four and we're going to be talking about the favorite has been written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara and the movie was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos which is a
1: Greek director.
0: Greek director. Uh, I like him very much. I've, I've seen the movies made before and we're gonna be talking about the, some of those very small changes that he made in the script when uh, bringing the script to the screen. Um, what's the log line for this movie?
1: So the logline is, in the early 18th century England, a frail Queen Anne occupies the throne and her close friend, Lady Sarah, governs the country in her stead. When a new servant, Abigail, arrives, her charm endears her to Sarah.
0: All right, that's the IMDb logline. It's kind of a long logline, don't you think? uh, Yep. Yeah, it's a very long logline, but it's uh, it's, it's certainly very accurate. It's certainly a summary of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, this is a spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about the script of the movie, so if you haven't watched the film, or if you haven't read the script, we encourage you to do so, it's a really good movie, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. So, first of all, what were your your first impressions?
1: Well, I, I really enjoyed the movie, I think it's very well done, the acting is amazing, and you can tell the, the tension between Rachel Weisz's character and Emma Stone's character is just brutal, you know. I, I love the tension between the two of them; it's just insane.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the uh, the story was the story uh, is very hard to to pinpoint like elements in the story, like structure wise. You mean structure wise? Like yeah. it's uh, the Sarah character played by Rachel, Rachel Wise Weiss, yeah. and Abigail's character played by Emma Stone. You kinda switch back and forth between like it's protagonist like a, and antagonist. They're both very charismatic characters. You kinda you kinda root for both characters at the same time.
1: I think that's part of the beauty of the film, right? Yeah. Neither of them are hero nor antihero. I think both of them actually qualify more of anti-heroes than heroes because both of them, you know, have really human motivations, right? They they want control and power yeah. and to get out of a, well, at least Abigail's character wants to get out of a bad situation she is in and Sarah, she wants to rule over England, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And between the three, the three main characters, Queen Anne and Sarah and Abigail, I think sarah uh rachel wise character it's the one that is the least Where her motivations are the least clear of the three yeah i agree like and obviously has some life traumas and she went through some tragic moments abigail, abigail abigail uh was like sold by her dad and then she has to like she has clear motivations of like becoming like lady again becoming a lady again and getting rich and and but Sarah her motivations are kind of you know it's they're hard to pinpoint the motivations
1: well, let's say maybe originally same as Abigail's, but afterwards she just becomes too ambitious right I mean this is huh. before the movie right
0: yeah this this is a good point because do you really think that Sarah's motivations were the same as Abigail's? Because I think Abigail's were very selfish motivation. Yes.
1: And you think Sarah was more for that's, the country?
0: That's the question I'm asking. Like, do you think Sarah's feelings towards Anne were true or not? That's one of the things that kind of were interesting I think to me.
1: they definitely were. and yes. You can see that, well, I don't want to jump all the way to the end of the movie, but I think you can see that in the end of the movie when... Sarah is already long gone and Anne is left with Abigail and she asks her to take care of her legs. And you can see in Anne's, in, sorry, in Abigail's face that she doesn't want to do it, right? She did mm-hmm. before because she had to to get where she, where she is now. But now that she's there, she doesn't want to do it. You can see it in her face. She's suffering.
0: Yeah, but Sarah, Sarah's feelings, you think they're genuine?
1: Oh, I think they are. I think they were. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: We'll, we'll discuss that. <laughs> Yeah. Later on, okay, let's go through some of the some of the elements in this uh, in this script. Like uh, opening image, which is the very first thing that I noticed is the movie differs from the script right from the start. Because in the script, the the opening image is the carriage when the carriage that Abby goes in. Yeah, when she sees the the masturbating man. Uh, that's the very first thing in script. But in the movie, I don't know who made the decision, but they they jumped a little bit um, to a scene that happens on page four, where Anne is being undressed and her crown's being removed. And then she asks Sarah, did I lisp? And uh, Sarah says, no, you didn't lisp. Um, that happens on page four in the script. But in the movie, that's the opening scene. And that's a very important change because The reason I like it is because it gives you a setup right from the start. Right from the beginning, you know who Anne is. She's the queen. Yeah. You know that Sarah is concerned about Anne because Anne is asking her, did I lisp? Did I do okay? And Anne's sort of comforting her. Yes, you did okay. You didn't lisp.
1: It establishes the relation really quickly.
0: And also, there's a very important piece of dialogue right in the beginning, in the movie, not in the script, but in the movie – and asks Sarah to pet her rabbits yeah and Sarah says no I'm yeah. not gonna do that
1: and she says love has limits
0: yes Sarah says uh, and says I thought you, uh, you love I thought you loved me Sarah and Sarah replies, says love, has, love limits. has limits that's very important because it comes back later yeah when she's having a dialogue with Harley because Harley says uh, something to the effect of um, when they're discussing the war Harley says that, they should end the war because it's going to cause more deaths. And um, Sarah says, don't you love your country? And then Harley says, that has limits. And then Sarah replies, it shouldn't have.
1: Which is what the queen said to her. Which is
0: what the queen that. said to her. So you see, it's kind of a, the duality of the character. That's very interesting. So they they changed yeah. it in, this, in the movie, which I liked it. Because yeah. in the this, in this script, it's just a carriage. You know, it's sort of a setup, but it's... It's not about the characters, it's more about the setting. Yeah. Right? That was a very, very good change that I made. I I liked it very much.
1: Yeah, I think it's much better in the movie than the script, for sure.
0: Exactly. So the setup of the story is um, you find out that Anne has a very close relationship with Sarah, and that infuriates a few politicians, especially the, the opposition party. Yeah. And there's a war raging between England and France, and that's very costly to England. And the, the the interesting thing about the the war uh, set up in the story is because it kind of mirrors the relationship between Abigail and, and Sarah. There's and a war going on between the countries, and there's a war going on between Sarah and, uh, Sarah and Abigail.
1: And now that you say that, there's a scene where I think it's the first time that Abigail is on her own with the Queen Anne, and she says that she speaks Latin and French. Hmm. I think that's an interesting thing to say you know because yeah the war is against the french so of all the languages she could have used yeah that's true just, she speaks maybe french maybe it's just a small detail but i don't know i thought it was interesting to put it there
0: yeah i don't think it's a small detail it's a very it's a very interesting detail because uh in the story the opposition parties is asking for the queen to uh to go through with like to, to ask friends to surrender yeah and sarah doesn't want it sarah wants the war to keep going she doesn't want to surrender. Like she doesn't want to. Save. Well, she doesn't want to. She, she doesn't want to sue for peace. She doesn't want to sue for peace. Exactly. And yeah. if Abigail speaks French, if you make like a a, a parallel uh, so, between yeah. the 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 war between the countries, Abigail yeah. would be France, and Sarah would be England. And Sarah doesn't want to give up the war.
1: Well, and you can also see how each of them is related to one of the
0: to the politicians. The, yeah,
1: politicians, the opponents, right? Because Sarah, she's married to. <clears throat> Marlborough. Marlborough. And, well, Abigail gains the favors of...
0: Harley. Harley. I believe yeah. it's Harley. So
1: you can see how two men use the women to get to the queen.
0: Yes. Yeah, I agree.
1: So it's kind of like that pyramidal scheme where the queen is the one at the top. And then you have Sarah and Abigail. And below Sarah you have Marlborough, And before, um, below Abigail you have... Uh, Harley
0: Harley mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting. interesting yeah what what do you think the themes were in the story themes that, those are very hard
1: oh well I kind definitely. of I kind of
0: got to the to the conclusion that was a few themes going on one of them were what are the limits of love well because that's very well like that's very explicit in one of the dialogues like, yeah but it comes up a few times like love shouldn't have limits. Where love has limits. Um, I think
1: loyalty is also a, one of the themes.
0: And also because you never know if Sarah's feelings are true or not. Um,
1: I think you, at least in my opinion, I think Sarah's feelings are true.
0: I think so too. It's never very, it's never clear in the movie. It's why, why you, It's why always you a matter of unclear? interpretation. Because she's sort of, there are moments in the story where she seems like she doesn't care about Anne. Like,
1: like which moments?
0: Like, there's a scene where Anne is threatening to commit suicide, and Sarah is also. There's a few scenes where she's being sort of like she doesn't care if Anne's in pain, or you know, it it sort of feels like she's just using Anne to become like sort of a
1: the queen behind the queen,
0: hand of the queen, yeah. You know, and the story progresses, and Abigail starts to gain favor of the queen. You can kind of question if Sarah's being, you know, Sarah's feelings true or not, because she seems like she actually cares. But earlier in the story, she's she's very cruel to the to the queen and in few, in few instances.
1: Well, but you can tell later on. Maybe both of them cared in the beginning, and they stopped caring afterwards. Because you can see once she be, once Abigail becomes the sort of the hand of the queen. One of the last scenes you can see that she's stepping on one of her rabbits, which. Yeah. It's almost like one of her children.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the
1: queen hears that.
0: The queen sees it. Sees it. I, yeah. I from the beginning, I think Abigail makes it very clear that she's, she's not just, interested uh, in the queen. Yeah, which is sort of reminded me of uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, like Barry Lyndon. Have you seen yeah, Barry Lyndon? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen yeah. it a long time ago. So Barry Lyndon, the story is all about like social ascension. There's this is guy that cast, gets like cast away from his village after a duel. Yeah. And then he has to like climb socially, so he gets involved with the Baroness. And this movie, the story of this movie, sort of like I feel like Abigail is sort of like Barry Lyndon, and uh-huh. in Barry Lyndon, it's very clear that he's he's a hustler, like you know, he's he's seducing he's a women, powerful objective. women, and yeah, yeah. He has a very clear objective like becoming like successful and rich.
1: Yeah, I guess you could say the same for Abigail.
0: Yeah, another theme of the story, I felt like it was war and peace. It's something that keeps coming back over and over.
1: Because I remember also this scene when once Sarah Sarah runs and is poisoned by Abigail and she ends up in the whorehouse and then comes back. And Abigail says to her, well, I've got what I wanted. I'm married now. We don't have to fight
0: anymore. So that if she's friends, like... Uh, quote unquote France. She's yeah. suing for peace. Sort
1: of, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like her side of yeah. the political parties.
0: But Abigail doesn't go for that, does she? Does she? No, sorry. I mean Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Sarah. Sorry. No,
1: she isn't go for that. She wants her to surrender. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's uh. So <laughs> to see like the you see how with the exactly you the see how this is
1: sides they represent.
0: Exactly. You see how this is. See how this is uh, so interesting. Like the way they. They made, Babe. yeah, they yeah. the way they made this, uh, like, uh, ripple around, uh, you know, uh, around the story, like, yeah. every single element kind I, of...
1: I think you could, yeah, you could definitely say that it's sort of a representation of both political parties being incarnated in two different women who are close to the queen, sort
0: of. So, how, how do you think Abigail and Sarah being sort of the uh, representations you know, like, human representation of this war that's going on between England and France. Yeah. How do you think Anne plays into all, you know, like, this this game of war and peace?
1: Well, ironically, she's the one who has the power to decide, right? Mm. But she is the one who seems to know the least of what's going on. She, for example, you find out in one scene that Sarah doesn't tell her that there are riots in Leeds, and... Mm things that people are against the war. Mm. She she does what she's told. She doesn't really seem to be in charge of anything actually.
0: And you mean the, the queen. The
1: Queen. And you don't know if that's because of her condition or if her condition is because of Sarah.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's uh the the character of Anne is very um
1: sort of like a child in a way, very fragile sort of character.
0: It's very fragile character, yeah. She's um she's gone through some um
1: and, and personal can,
0: tragedies. She lost like 17... 17
1: sons. 17 daughters. Children. And you can see when she... When the, when Sarah tells her she looks like a raccoon, I think she says, she passes past this boy and she says, Did you look at me? And the boy says, yeah. No. And then she says, Look at me. And he looks at her and she says, How dare you? And she...
0: That's something that... uh like It wasn't on the script.
1: Oh, it wasn't on the script.
0: It wasn't exactly like th- yeah. she... I think... The uh I don't know if it was ad libbed. Yeah. I don't know if it was Olivia Colman that ad libbed, but, but the the dialogue in the script wasn't exactly like that. She stopped at um, I don't remember like the last part where she says she says um, Yeah, how dare you look at me?" It wasn't on the script. She added that. Yeah, that was genius. I I, think, I thought really it was liked, brilliant. Yeah, I and really that
1: scene really defined her character. Really defines her character.
0: Yes, I agree. I really liked Olivia Coleman's uh, performance, performance in this movie. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, something else that they, they changed from the script was adding chapters. Uh-huh. That's... I thought that was really interesting because there are no chapters in the script.
1: So why do you think they did that?
0: I don't know. I, th- I don't know if that was you know, a stylistic well, decision intentional, from, yes, from Yorgos Lantimos.
1: I think it might have been because <coughs> the way it was divided and the names of the chapters especially that stuck with me.
0: Yeah, there are little chapters in the story, which is uh, yeah. I'm really curious to know. First of all, who made that decision to to like split the story into chapters, and also who got to decide like what uh, what the chapters were named. Mm. I, th- I feel like the names of the chapters are like lines of dialogue, right? But someone had to decide which lines of dialogue that w- they would be for the name of the chapters. So I couldn't find that information, but it would be. I'm really curious to know.
1: Yeah, that would be good to know, for sure. Other than
0: that, the script is really, really, the movie is really close to the script, other than a few lines of dialogue that they were changed, but that's normal, and some scenes were moved back and forth. That's also normal. But the movie is really, really faithful to the script. And um, I can't speak of the stylistic, decisions from Yorgo Lanthimos I would take a whole nother episode for that. Yeah. But I really liked this story um, and the way they created the characters and the way they made all, every single main character Like the, all the three women all of their characters are really likable and you, you can't really pick a hero or a villain except maybe for when Sarah was being really mean to the, to the queen Yeah. Um... But I think
1: I don't know about you but I kind of was always on Abigail's side. I don't know why.
0: On Abigail's side? Yeah. I feel like some like most of the focus of the story or the movie is on Abigail.
1: Yeah, cuz sure. also she's the, she's a new factor right into the equation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we we suffer with her at the beginning so we empathize more with her motivation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's uh people prank on her and uh yeah. mistreat her and treat her like shit in the beginning. And I
1: and I love that scene where she's thinking out loud she's with the guy that she's going to marry and she says, "I will need to act in a way that meets the edges of my morality. To trust is to risk and when I end up living on the street selling my arsehole to syphilitic soldiers." Steadfast morality will be a fucking nonsense that will mock me daily. I thought it was quite interesting.
0: I like to say that out loud. Do you think? Uh, do you think that line of dialogue is too much exposition or uh, or the way it was set up? It's uh, It makes sense in the story.
1: I think it makes sense in the story because that's when she decides to cross that line. Hmm. Maybe it's a bit too exposed,
0: but I feel like by the time that she says that, it's pretty much established that she
1: is willing to do whatever is it takes. Willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. You know what
0: I mean? Like she, she defies orders, and you know she defies Sarah yeah. to bring in her, like medicine for her leg. And yeah, she, she's very manipulative, she knows when, where
1: to go, what to do, she knows exactly.
0: how to do it. When Sarah, when Sarah catches her with Anne, like rubbing her leg and, and pleasuring Anne, the next day they have this confrontation and then she she fakes, you know, being beaten. Like she yes, she smashes yes, herself yes, on yes, the yes, book. Yes. So it's pretty clear that she's going to go like over the edge yes. of her morality <laughs> too. Yes. Um I don't also, know. Also...
1: I think she's pushed by Sarah because I remember that scene when she comes clean to Sarah and she says, oh, Lord, H- I always forget Harley. his name. Lord Harley came to me wanting to know what I know about you too, and so on. And she says, all your secrets are safe with me, even your most biggest secret, secret, your biggest secret. secret. Yeah. And she takes the gun and shoots her. Mm-hmm. But of course, again, has no pellets, right? Mm-hmm. Sarah does. So she, she basically threatens her. She says, "I could kill you."
0: Exactly. Yeah. But uh, but Abigail does the same thing later on the story with the poison. With the uh, no, exactly with the uh, when they're they're shooting.
1: And she shoots the dog. She
0: she shoots the bird right next to right her. next to to uh, Sarah, to, uh, to Sarah and, and she gets covered blocks, in blood splatters in her face. Yeah.
1: I thought, thought that, that was pretty brilliant. brazen. Yeah. That was
0: pretty brazen of Abigail. Yeah, that was brilliant. It's a great character. Yeah. The way they uh the way they had the backstory of Abigail come into play was also yeah. very interesting.
1: I think Sarah makes Abigail into what she ends up being a lot. Like yes,
0: and, all, and actually... She actually actually No, actually Sarah says it earlier yeah, in the story. Too well, no, she says something she say? uh to the effect of uh I'll make you uh, I'll make a killer of you.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. The,
0: like the first time they go out shooting, Sarah yeah. says I'll make a killer of you yet. Yeah. And she succeeds, but it comes back to her. Oh yeah. The way they, they introduced Abigail's backstory, it's it's very interesting like she got she her father lost her in a bet and she was married to this fat German with a thing cock. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's so good because Tells you right away that if she went through that for so many years and survived and came out like educated and speaking French and Latin, she's gonna do whatever it takes from now on to get what she wants, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's very just sad. this
0: little piece of information just tells you so much about the character. I, I really liked it.
1: Yeah, I agree. never really
0: know much about Sarah,
1: at least her background, right?
0: Yeah, for, for background, you never really know, you know, a lot of uh. You know a little bit about Anne, like she lost 17 children. Yeah. Um, she doesn't have a husband. Um, she's losing her mind. She keeps all the rabbits because... Uh,
1: remind her of her children. Remind her
0: of her children. But Sarah, it's sort of a mystery. It's sort of a mystery in the script. Yeah. Do you think there's a moment of breaking breaking into three, like for the third act? Uh, this is a very hard script to pinpoint these elements because the story um, kind of flows in a way you wanna, that um, you want to
1: talk about the dark night of the soul first.
0: Do you think there was a the, oh definitely like bad guys close in all in all is lost or dark night of the soul for
1: Sarah at least? That's when she was poisoned <coughs> and she ended up in the whorehouse. That's her dark night of the soul doesn't take too long for her to come back though but that's definitely you think that's the dark Knight of the soul or for sarah or yes.
0: all is lost
1: but if you think about it it's the same because she could have lost everything at the moment but she adapts and she moves on she comes back
0: mm-hmm. so do you think um third mm-hmm. character is after she comes back from from the whorehouse
1: I think you could say that that's when the third act begins.
0: See, that's why the script's so interesting because then the story becomes about Sarah, right at that moment. Yeah. Right. So it keeps shifting. You start following Abigail, and then you root for Abigail for a, for a moment. Then Abigail reveals herself—a character that's kind of selfish and By a little self, bit cruel. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, and then. Abigail plots against Sarah, and then you side with Sarah because you see that she gets pretty much screwed and sent to a whorehouse. And then the story keeps shifting back and forth, which is good because it brings up the theme of War and Peace. Now
1: that you mention it, I thought it was very interesting, Abigail's knowledge of plants and medicine and poison.
0: Abigail's knowledge?
1: Yeah, because she uses that, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And it's never clear where she got that knowledge, but um, you know,
1: it's definitely an advantage for her.
0: Character. Yes, it's an advantage. But considering that she she was on her own for so long, like you know, she got yeah sent to be married to this fat German guy, and she was <laughs> on her own for a long time. So yeah, it's never clear where she learned all that, but it was definitely useful. Mm. She has the power of healing and the power of poisoning.
1: Well, they say the difference between the poison and the medicine is the dosage.
0: So, the, the, the finale of this, uh, this script is sort of, um, I don't know, things... Um, the way they structure the finale, like, the pieces fall into place so quickly. Like, after, you know, Sarah it's falls out of favor with and yeah. then, you know, the pieces start falling so quickly. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the, the final image of this, this movie is... Maybe that's why they changed it. Not only for establishing a bit of setup in the beginning, but also to mirror the final image, which is instead of uh, being Anne and Sarah, it's this time is Anne and Abigail. The movie ends with um, Anne clutching on Abigail's hair and <laughs> like <laughs> sort of leaning on Abigail's head, yeah, while she rubs her leg, and that's uh, right after um, Abigail steps on the rabbit, yeah. So that's a very powerful image. Powerful image. I don't know. And there's also this the, the image of the rabbits being trapped in a cage.
1: Yeah. But I think it's very important to notice Abigail's eyes in that last image because it says a lot about her. What do you mean? Well, like we said before, right? Before when she had to rub the queen's legs, she would do it like intentionally, like she wa- she wanted to do it, she wanted to help the queen, or at least she knew she had to do it if she wanted to get somewhere. But now that she got where she wanted to be, you know, the queen asks for a favor, and she maybe doesn't feel that she actually needs to do it, you know? Or like she wants to do it. She's already where she wanted to be.
0: You mean Abigail doesn't want to do favors for the queen?
1: She doesn't. She doesn't look like she want to rub the queen's legs. I
0: feel like she never wanted it. She Maybe. never wanted to do anything for the queen. She just did whatever she had to, right? Well, that's the, the difference. Does she in,
1: have to do it now?
0: But yeah, but the difference is the queen sees her stepping on the rabbit, which yeah. for her must mean like she doesn't really care. Yeah. Right. So that's the difference of b- between the middle of the movie where she's trying to gain. The queen's favor
1: i think that also shows you the progression in abigail's character because at the beginning she was like oh can i pick them up can i pet them can i be nice to your rabbits
0: yes but in the end she doesn't know that Anne is watching right i feel like she was always like that but she was just pretending you know to care about the rabbits and to care mm, about Anne. it could
1: but- be i think it would be a more interesting progression if she Went from one place to the other, but I guess you could be right. Yeah, we'd have to ask.
0: Now that you're, now that you're, you brought all that up. I feel like I had the, uh, it's sort of a tragic ending because you you can't really see, um, like the characters. The only character that really changes is Anne, because now she's she, she uh, before she was being manipulated, she was very. She did everything people told her to do, especially Sarah. Yeah. And now the and the final scene ends like, I don't wanna hear about it, just rub my leg, I'm telling you I'm the queen.
1: Yeah, it's a demonstration of power.
0: Yeah. You know, not only that, but she when she orders Sarah to be banished from England, yeah. She doesn't want to hear about it. She says, I'm the queen. Right. I'm telling you to do that and this is it. This 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 is it. This is it. I'm the queen. I'm telling you. Yeah. So that's like, Abigail gets what she wants in a very twisted kind of way, but she doesn't really change. She be, she's still the same Abigail from the beginning, only more experienced. Yeah. Sarah sort of loses everything, but she's still the same Sarah. And Anne is the the between the three of them is the only one that really like sort of changes. She's like, I've I've had it. I'm the queen. And this is, I have the ward now.
1: Hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah. 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 That was really cool. It was a really tragic ending for for Abigail and Sarah, but really yep. good ending for Ian, I think. I agree. What do you think of the other characters, like Harley in Mal- Marlborough and the in in Masham? Masham. Masham is the is the fella the that marries uh, Abigail. Yes, yeah. he falls in love with Abigail,
1: or so he thinks.
0: What do you think of them? Because all of them, are the it's three characters. Yeah, Three male characters. Yes. Um, you have three main characters who are female characters. Yes. And then you have these three guys. Yes. They're sort of secondary characters, but they all play in very, very different ways in the story. Yeah. That's, I thought it was very interesting, like, the way they, they came up with these three guys. They sort of play, like, Marlboro, the character Marlboro, he doesn't really do much. He's yeah. sort of...
1: He's just... Just the green
0: everything that Sarah does. It's kind of
1: like an extension of Sarah.
0: Yes. And he, uh, not only extension, but he kind of voices some of the concerns in the story. Like when she has her first clash with Harley, he's like, "Uh, do you really have to do that? Like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Like pride is is what, you know, keeps a guy from going crazy. And yeah, um, so he kind of voices the, the concerns. Harley sort of schemes in the background trying to uh get to what gather he information
1: wants. and control yeah
0: and uh Masham is uh is, 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 he just falls for Abigail blindly yeah and, uh, so i feel like uh,
1: what do you think do you think Abigail has any actual feelings for Masham or no he should, she's just using him
0: i think the only feeling she has for Masham is, is he's like a toy she likes yeah, to she play know- with
1: yeah she knows he likes her he, she, she uses that to her advantage.
0: Yeah, he enjoy, she enjoys playing with him. That's sort of the only feeling I think she has for him Yeah, in the story.
1: That's why in that party scene, you can see that he is looking at her concern and she's, like, flirting with other guys. And
0: yeah, and, you know, she, he's, uh, he, you know she, she gets married to him and she gets what he wants. She, get, she gets what she wants that way, like, marrying to him. So that's – yeah. She, she's just using him – uh, clearly yeah i liked the way the story plays out like separating the three main characters and then these three secondary characters like yeah female and male characters and the way they, they interact is very it was very cool very interesting
1: yeah definitely
0: i think this is uh all we have to say about this script i don't know yeah yeah i think uh i think we've reached the end of this episode um thank you very much for listening thank you guys thank you alex Thank you,
1: Livia. Hopefully joining S- you soon.
0: Yeah, thank you for participating in this episode. Look us up on Facebook. Send us a message or uh, talk about us to your friends. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, see you next time.
1: So- see ya. Yeah. Take care.